0: last week on It Is Written Canada.
1: He said, we may have to amputate her leg because the uh, sores are so bad. They came back and they shot with their guns in the ceiling. And of course, the girls screamed. Many times we would travel 30 kilometers a day. Our heels would be full of blisters. And uh, we just, uh, I asked my mother at this time, I said, mother, When is God ever going to give us a home again of our own? War cannot be explained, it has to be experienced.
0: welcome to it is written canada thank you for joining us our special guest this week again is jacob hubert a successful businessman pastor and administrator who lived during world war ii under the rule of communism when being a christian was illegal
2: though it was illegal to practice christianity that did not stop jacob and his family We are so excited for Jacob to continue sharing his miraculous story with us.
0: Jacob, it is so good to have you back for our final episode. And thank you very much for joining us again on It Is Written Canada.
1: And I want to thank you for having me on your program. Uh, My uh, sister decided one day she came from uh, the field at work and she said, Mother, today I'm going to write to Dad and Dad is going to write too. We're going to, both letters will arrive at the uh, church headquarters office in Berlin, and Dad will know where we are, and we're going to find each other. And my, fa- and my mother thought, where did that enthusiasm come from? So she did write the letter, and my father also wrote the letter. Both letters arrived, one in the morning and the other one in the afternoon, at our Berlin headquarters office. And so now they decided, well, these two must belong to each other. So they put my sister's letter in my dad's letter and sent that to him. Now my dad knew where we were. He knew about the town. That was the good news. The bad news was that my dad found out later there were several towns by that same name in close proximity. Uh, One county had the same name as the other county. So, now he really didn't know exactly where we were. He had some idea we were either at this place or at the other place. At the same time, my dad was a very strong man of faith and of prayer. And he made it a matter of prayer that night and he said, Lord, I need to find my family. And so, that night as he went to sleep, he had a dream and he dreamt that he was among a lot of people. They were jostling back and forth, and uh, the people were, he was asking, well, what's happening, where are we going? We're going home, home. Well, my father thought, that's where I want to go. Where is home? So nothing more was said, everybody went, and they ended up at the train station. And then everyone boarded the train and they were all going home. Soldiers, all kinds of soldiers. This was after the war, they were there to find their family. And so in the dream, my father also boarded the train. He looked around, he saw what the train cars were on one track and on another. And uh, then uh, the trains whistle blew and off they were. After a while, the train stopped briefly. Uh, the train would uh, frequently stop to deliver mail and packages. And at that time, since there was no regular mail delivery, uh, the way that uh, mail was delivered was at the the train station. The uh, postmaster would get on on a big wagon that had the packages on and he would shout out Johnson, uh, Franklin, all the names like that, and if the people were there, they would claim, yes, here, and they would claim their mail. So uh, this is the way the mail system worked at that time. But of course, my father didn't see that part, and he woke up. And he thought, well, that's an interesting dream. And he was awake about five minutes, and he was tired. It was quite late, and he fell asleep again. And he dreamt the same dream exactly the same way. And then as he woke up, he thought to himself, what uh, do we find in the Bible of someone dreaming a dream twice? What does that mean? And he was so impressed. He said, if that dream is true, I need to find my family and I think I will be successful. So in the morning, he contacted his uh, employer and he said, "Look." I know you need me for work here, but I need to go and find my family. And he made him promise that if he went, he must bring his family back and stay there. Well, of course, my father had other plans. He wanted to cross the border. So the next day, my father was off. Where would he go? Well, he was going toward the train station. But as he proceeded, There were a lot of other people going to the train station. And he said, where are you going? Oh, we're all going home. Really? And my father thought, where did I hear that before? It was in in his dream. So he thought, well, if that's part of the dream, the rest will follow. So when he went to the train station, he recognized the train station, the cars that were there in his dream. And so in a short time, he boarded the train, the whistle blew, and off they went and uh, the train was very crowded and it was not comfortable for people they could not sit they were just uh, uncomfortable but everyone was happy to be going home presently the train stopped at a station and as my father they, they said that they would be there for a number of minutes i think close to half an hour and so They were told that anyone that wants to get off the train can stretch their legs and uh, have a little rest. So my father did the same. He went out, and then he noticed on the second track, there was a train that had a red car. And he knew that he had seen that in his dream. And he thought, well, isn't that something? Then I will find my family. But that's where the dream stopped. And he thought, Well, what do I do now? Where do I go? Well, it just so happened that that was one of the towns that was in his dream. And so as he wondered what he should do next, he looked and saw the mailman delivering mail. And the mailman would lift his hand and, and have a letter and say, Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. And the response would be, Here we are. That's for us and then another one, and another one, and then all of a sudden he couldn't believe his ears. Hebert, Hebert, Hebert. And he went forward, he said to the mailman, that's me. The mailman looked at him, he didn't know him, he knew us. So he said, oh no, no, that's not for you. That's for a widow with three children. And my dad said, that's the widow that I'm looking for too. (laughs) So the news spread very quickly. Uh, That particular day my family was quite discouraged because uh, there was no news from the letters. Now the interesting thing was that my father sent a letter to my uh, mother and that letter was on the same train that he was on. And so when the mailman now called out his name and he finally realized that this was part of the same family, he gave it to my father and my father ended up delivering his own letter to us. Uh, The news spread quite quickly and uh, we were living at that time in a mansion. Now, that sounds great during the war, but it was a a forsaken mansion and uh, we were there with about 40 people, so everyone just had one room. So it wasn't as glorious as it sounds. And so when the people heard this, they, they, they quickly ran to where we were and they said, come quickly, there's a tall man. He's looking for a widow with three children. And uh, immediately my, my sister was the first one to, she, she just ran to meet him. And my mother and the rest of us followed. And as my mother saw him, She had always, you know, how we fantasize sometimes, she fantasized that someday if she would meet him again, she would meet him in an alley where there were trees and and where he would be coming. And uh, she would recognize him and they'd be reunited. And she saw him she said, that's my David. What a reunion that was. It's hard for me to tell it because that's quite stirring. My father having come from this factory he knew that we would be poor and have nothing and he brought with him dried raisins, figs, apricots, dried apples. He had a big back, uh, backpack on his back and we didn't know what happened to us. He also brought a few chocolates and uh, it was from, fe- uh, from famine to feast. And uh, so he stayed there with us for a couple days. And then he took us back to the factory where, the, where he was working. And uh, we were getting then ready for our final escape.
0: So Jacob, what was it like for your father being a photographer for the Communist Party?
1: One Friday afternoon, the, a Communist Party chief for that uh, office there came to our door and he inquired, are you Mr. Hebert? My father said, yes. And he said, I understand that you're a photographer. Yes, sir. Uh, I understand also that you are one of the best photographers here. I try to do my best, my father responded. Well, and your best you shall do, because tomorrow morning, which was Saturday, he expected my father to work. He said, tomorrow morning you are to show up at the Communist Party office. Is that understood? Uh, My father wondered what he should say and I believe God gave him the right words. He said, you know, this is such an important work. For such an important work, I usually require a day of preparation.
0: So Jacob, your dad is a Seventh-day Adventist Christian and so he wanted to keep the Sabbath and it was Friday afternoon when the Communist Party leader came to to your dad and asked him to do these photographs.
1: Yes. The days of the week went on, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and another Friday, and Sabbath was the next day. And we were wondering just what would happen now? Uh, My father couldn't use the excuse of a preparation day again, so my father decided that uh, there was no way that he was going to work. But uh, how did the Lord, would the Lord help us or hear us? We did not know. So he came home, kept the Sabbath, and Sunday morning he went to work. As he came to work on Sunday morning, the uh, party chief also came a little bit later. And usually my dad had to come early hours and the party chief uh, had more or less banking hours. Uh, but before that, he had told my dad, gave him an orientation. He said, I want you to work in this room. Now, that was a room off the hallway. Uh, three sides of that room were windows. It was, uh, my father had to do black and white photography, and he had, touch, had to touch up a lot of the pictures uh, with uh, oil pencil cranes because that was the time before the colored uh, photos. And it was also a work that needed a lot of light. That's why he was given that room with the windows. And it was before the fluorescent lights were invented. And uh, so it was very important that uh, he would have sufficient light. The party chief also told him, now look, we have given you uh, quite a bit of equipment to work with, paper and uh, glass and pencil cranes and uh, cameras, uh, tripods, all of that. Every day when you go home, we want you to put that all away. Everything has a place and everything in its place. Is that understood? Yes, sir. And I want you to know that only you and I have keys to that room. So when you leave at any time during the day or in the evening to go home, you need to lock the door. Is that understood? Yes, sir, said my father. So having those instructions and now having kept one Sabbath, uh, we were wondering what would happen for Sabbath number two. Of course, they ventured no help. And on Sunday morning, my father went to work, not knowing what to expect. And uh, his motto was, never answer a question that you're not asked. And that certainly saved him from any embarrassing situations and trying times. And so as he came to work this day, he he went down the hallway to his office door, unlocked the door, opened everything, put the equipment in the room ready for him to work. And he proceeded in that way until the Communist Party chief came by. He was a little bit late, and he came by in a hurry down the hall and retraced a step and said, Mr. Hubert, yesterday you were not there. It was probably too dark for you to work. And my father said, yes, sir. But he thought, what is he talking about, too dark to work? And all of a sudden, he realized that that particular Sabbath It was raining, heavy rains and dark clouds. And not seeing my father at work, the officer thought to himself, oh, I told him that he had to do excellent work. And it was too dark, so he's not here. And uh, so it was Sabbath number two was the dark day. Now, of course, we were wondering, "Okay, could we escape that week? but the battle was in such a way that the the heaviest fighting was exactly in the corridor where we had to escape and so we knew that that was sure suicide so one day to the next and another friday came along and my father said lord i need another miracle and so That day, he was uh, wondering what he should do, but he obeyed and put everything away, everything in its place. He uh, locked the door and was ready to come home. And uh, that night, the party chief was there a little bit later and he said, oh, Mr. Hebert, tomorrow is a very special day. And my father agreed, tomorrow was the Sabbath. But that's not what the Communist Party chief had in mind. He said, tomorrow is a very special day. It's a secret Communist Party meeting in this building, and we want no one here, including you. Is that understood? Yes, sir, said my father. And with that, he was so excited. Sabbath number three was the Communist Party meeting. So again, this time we had the blessing of the Communist chief to keep the Sabbath. while he just didn't know it.
0: What if he asked the Communist Party chief, can I keep the Sabbath?
1: He would have been immediately either sent to Siberia or shot
0: on the spot. What if they found out that he was keeping the Sabbath? Same thing. Same thing. Yes.
1: So there was no uh, possibility of even requesting it. We knew what the answer would be.
0: Your story reminds me of a song that was written by one of our students. His name is Ben. And it was about the Apostle Paul's words, where he said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith.
3: Suddenly it dawned upon me that this road I travel on is a pathway unreturning that my life will soon be gone. Yet even now, as I'm held captive, Christ's name I only praise. These trials I'm facing last but few days. For I know I've fought a good fight, and I know that I've kept the faith, even though my destruction is at hand. I can sing because I see the truth has set me free and I know I will live with him one day eternally even though it all seems hopeless even though I'm tightly bound I am strengthened My mind is free I know I am heaven bound For I know i fought a good fight And I know I've kept the faith Even though My destruction is at hand I can sing Because I see The truth has set me And I know I will live with Him one day, eternally. When Jesus comes again, one bright and shining day, He'll take me by the hand, and I know I'll hear Him say, Welcome home my precious child, welcome home my beloved friend, even though the darkness often seemed too great. I rejoice because you prove that you are strong and true, so come enter in and live with me.
0: Ben was walking along the Appian Way, which of course is the the road where the Apostle Paul was walking along as he was on his way to Rome and to prison. And although he was a prisoner, he was free. Very much like Jacob Hebert and his family. They were free even though they were uh, refugees and prisoners within a, a war situation and so what a, a miraculous story listening to you Jacob and continuing with your story thank you for sharing so much with us
2: Jacob can you share with us how your life experiences affected your relationship with God
1: it uh, I was I feel I've never been the same since then We saw God's leading so many times. We trusted to Him fully, and He never let us down. It doesn't mean that uh, everything went smoothly in our life, but God was there to watch over us and to protect us. And the one time, I remember, my father wanted to know what was the situation in the world, where do we stand as far as the war is concerned? And at that time, he decided he would go to the marketplace. At that time, the marketplace was uh, basically where everything happened. And so as he went to the marketplace and milled around a little bit, his eyes fell on a newspaper and it had big letters. The heading was Russia has religious freedom. And he thought, well, that is tremendous. And so he bought the paper, put it in his pocket and came home. And he said, now we're going to keep the Sabbath with the Communists' blessing. Well, as we kept the Sabbath, of course, we enjoyed the Sabbath, but the next day there was a knock on our door and an officer was there from the Communist Party. And he said, am I correct in saying that there was a worship service being held here yesterday? Yes, sir, said my father. What, you're not afraid to say that? no my father said and handed him the paper he took the paper and he said this we have written for them the rest of the world but you should have known better now we realized that all that was propaganda and we did not have religious freedom after all but
0: god still took care of us and all of this was happening for you because you trusted god's word you yes. trusted the bible yes is there a a favorite Bible verse for you, particularly?
1: Yes, there certainly is. Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed. For
0: God is with you wherever you go. And why is that your favorite Bible verse?
1: Because we experienced that very thing. God was with us wherever we went. We did not have and ice cream every day but we were sustained and we thank the lord for it because of these experiences i have learned to appreciate the simpler things of life today so many times we take a lot of blessings that we have for granted but we need to realize that god is there with us all the time he is more concerned about us than parents are for their children
0: god really does love us and i i thank you for for sharing your journey with us on It Is Written Canada. And I wonder, Jacob, if you could uh, finish with a, a word of prayer for us. Yes, I would be happy to.
1: Our dear gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee so much that we are serving such a powerful God who cares more for His children than we as earthly parents can know. We thank Thee for watching over us. And Lord, half the time we may not know when Thou has protected us, and where thou hast kept us from our harm and danger. And I pray, Lord, that as these experiences are viewed, and as people listen to my story, that they may be drawn closer to you, not to me, the storyteller, but Lord, for you, the great miracle worker. Be with uh, It Is Written Canada, and Lord, as The ministry goes on. We long for the day when Jesus will come and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We pray all these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Jacob, thank you so much for joining us on It Is Written Canada and for sharing your life experience, a story filled with miracles. And we are so honored to have you on our program.
0: It's been my privilege. Friends, our free offer today was written by Pastor Jacob Hubert. It is his story entitled, Freedom's Journey. This book details the full story of how Jacob and his family were determined to follow God no matter what.
2: Their heart-stopping journey displays the signs of God's hand leading His children in such a faith-building story. Freedom's Journey reveals how we serve a great God who is able to lead you too when you put your trust in Him.
0: We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit IIW.ca. Or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the Videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.